Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy, because once you know better, you can do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. Now, today we're going a little deep, Kim. We're discussing intimacy and connection. Now, this has actually come from a lot of emails we've received from our listeners. So I think this is something that, that all of us have been stuck with in our relationships at one point or another. Well, yeah, Nicole, honestly, everybody in every relationship has some issues around intimacy. I mean, right? It, I've never met a couple yet that doesn't have some issues around that. So we're talking physical intimacy, but there's also an emotional intimacy as well. Yeah, Feeling connection. Connection and having that confidence to be vulnerable with your partner. So this this is a really, I mean, this is a marriage show, but this is also, it's a dating show. It's going to be for anyone who's really trying to either strengthen their relationship or trying to fix, maybe, you know, there's someone listening today who thinks, you know what, this is this part of our relationship feels broken to me. I think there'll be a few out there that feel that way because this topic, it, it, intimacy is complicated. Wouldn't you agree? It is. You know, it's something that constantly amazes us um, or me is that we write this article um, on a syndicated column every single Monday. You were doing it for many years, seven years before I even rocked up here in America. And this is the number one question that you've received for all of those years, Kim. Yeah, at least once or twice a week, I get a letter from someone who says, my spouse is not into intimacy at the level that I am. I'm not getting my needs met there. What do I do? Literally my most asked question. So that's pretty telling. And interestingly enough, it's not always the men writing in, is it? It's it's women as well. We often make that wrong assumption that every man's going, you know what? I, it's not the way I want it to be. But we receive that same message from women. We do. And I also hear from people who say, you know, we have we we have intimacy in our marriage, but it's it's treated like a task on the to do list. And it's the connection isn't there. The level that I want to feel it and I want to feel wanted by my spouse and and often, you know, they're willing, but they don't really make me feel wanted. We get that quite a bit. So we're talking about safety today. We're talking about trust today. These are sometimes the biggest barriers, right? And that big vulnerability piece. How do we actually sink into that place? And even after many years, Kim, how do we get into that place where we truly show up authentically, vulnerably to just be there for our partner? How do we do that? Okay, so Nicole, I, I think we had to start by talking about some principles around intimacy that help us to have better connection and and. A healthy relationship because I think intimacy is really the barometer for how healthy the rest of the relationship is. So if we want intimacy to be better, we really got to work on the whole thing. So we talk about that a lot. And I know that, you know, we've both been coaching now for a combined 30 years. Every couple that we present that to wants to run for the hills whenever we say that statement, which is, well, you know what, your sex life is, is really a reflection of how healthy relationship is. Because I think everybody feels like goodness me, it's not what it should be, right? So that, that can be a really scary statement. It can. And I think it scares people pro- probably primarily because they don't know how to fix it. It's scary 
that we've got this problem we don't know how to fix. So sometimes it's better to try to ignore it, or at least it feels safer than jumping in and trying to fix it. And sometimes things get worse before they get better. And sometimes you've spent a lot of time trying to fix it, and it only makes things worse as well, right? And then you become despondent and, you know, despairing, and it's just hopeless, and therefore I'm just going to give up. I've worked with hundreds of couples in that position, Okay, so Nicole, the first principle that I, I want to throw out there is one that we we believe strongly that life is a classroom, that one of the main reasons we're all on the planet is so that we can learn and grow. And it was life-changing for me when I started to recognize that my relationship was probably the most important part of that classroom and that I'm I, I tend to be drawn to the people who will provide the best relationship problems that I will then get to solve and grow. So really, the, the people we're drawn to are the people who can help us grow. And unfortunately, a lot of times that growth is painful. <laughs> so relationships are super sticky. We know that. Um, this is a paradigm shift. Instead of seeing your spouse as the one who's not fulfilling your needs or the one who continues to be your trigger, we ask our clients to pivot that statement and say this person who's in your life that you're experiencing this pain from is your perfect teacher. Ooh, and that's a huge paradigm shift for most people to really look at their spouse as a teacher in their classroom. Um, Nicole, one of the, the things that we've both talked a lot about before is our tendency to make our spouse responsible for our happiness. And and in stepping back and recognizing that they're a teacher in my journey, it kind of puts the responsibility for that happiness back on me. And and our spouse provides opportunities for us to learn to love ourselves. Now, as you say that, I, I'm, I want to kind of do a little bit of a segue. And that is that at all of our marriage mastery retreats, all of our couples work that we do, we talk about this principle called unmet expectations, right? This secret score to keeping. It's almost like this tit for tat game. Now, this game is what is really the disintegrator of all connection, right? Because there is some unwritten, unspoken rule that says you should have done this and I didn't have this done for me and my needs have not been met. And this is about happiness. This is about intimacy. This is about all of it, right? Now, if that is going on, then there's going to be a breakdown in connection. There's going to be a breakdown in communication. And this keeps that score, that internal tic-tac-toe going on, which is you shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? What you're saying with this first principle is we have to throw that out. We have to stop the scorekeeping. We have to stop uh, comparing and, and constantly setting up our spouse to fail because we have to take responsibility for being 50% in that relationship, therefore 50% responsible for the dysfunction, correct? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's hard to let go of the scorekeeping, but what you've got to recognize is if scorekeeping is happening, there's going to be a winner and a loser. And if, if this is a game where someone's going to lose, it's a game where fear is driving and if there is a lot of fear in your relationship, it is not going to be a healthy one. And there's not going to be a lot of love happening because fear and love can't happen in the same place at the same time. So you've got to recognize if you're scorekeeping at all, you're creating more fear in that relationship and less love. So fear really creates this breakdown of communication, but it also creates a lot of space. And I know that we've talked about this a lot and this comes up a lot in our couples work is that when that space is there, it's resentment, 
right? That's the wall that builds up. Those couples that come in and say, you know what, we're just ships in the night. We coexist in the house. We sleep in the same bed. There's just nothing there. The space between most couples, what I found, and I'm sure you agree with me, Kim, is resentment. Now, resentment is, is that fear in another really damaging behavior, right? So you might be listening to this going, you know, I don't have fear in my marriage, right? What are you talking about with fear? Well, you know what? It's actually the fear of rejection. It's the fear of being let down. It's the fear of that you're not good enough. It's all of those fears that create that damaging behavior that is the anger, the resentment, and those walls, right? Now, I think as, as we're talking about this today, I'm sure there's listeners who are thinking, you know what? That's exactly what it's been like. We live in the same house. We co-parent. It's all very civil, but it's not what it was. It's not what I want it to be. So when we're talking about fear, Kim, we're talking about accountability. We're talking about taking personal responsibility for our own happiness. But we're also talking about being responsible for the bad relationship behavior that comes out of it. So I agree, Nicole, that resentment is the poison that destroys most relationships. It's it, A good relationship cannot happen when you're carrying resentment. And guys, what this is leading us towards is that any good, healthy relationship is made of two very good forgivers. Because if there's forgiveness in your relationship, if you can let each other be a work in progress, you'll be able to get out of that resentment. If you can't, the resentment's going to eat it up. So this takes us into to the second principle that we wanted to talk about today um, in relation to connection and intimacy. It's hard to let go of that resentment because on some level we feel entitled because we're disappointed. We have fear of loss. So life didn't meet the expectation. This is not the marriage that I signed up for. You know, 20 years ago, this is not the way it was meant to be. And we can have very poor relationship behavior and tantrums and, and shut down in that place because we're experiencing fear of loss, Kim. Okay, so the reality is no marriage is going to meet the expectations you had when you were young and the the idealistic picture. I mean, disappointment is going to be there for all of us at some level. And and it is easy for us to get into fear of loss and feel gypped by life itself that we ended up with this when we wanted that. But I, I think it's important for all of us to realize this is kind of the nature of the classroom. Life never meets anybody's expectations because the point of it isn't to meet our expectations. The point of it is to give us experiences that help us to grow and learn. And that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get necessarily what you want. And you know what? Relationships are death to its part, right? Or at least marriages. Now, that's a long time to experience things such as financial problems, mental illness, right? Somebody not working as hard as you expected they would. People not buying into your ideas and going along the same way. People can grow apart, Kim. And these expectations is a, is a lot of the reason why we do grow apart because it's, well, you said you'd do this or I expected that you would do this, which keeps this secret scorekeeping. But in that moment, you don't have control over the way that your partner let you down. You do have control and responsibility as to what you're going to do with it. So it's, it's not your problem, but it is your responsibility to fix, right? And, and I guess really it's your responsibility about how much you're going to resent and suffer over that disappointment, how much you're going to make that an issue that could really create a wedge between you because you do have control over that. So I'm thinking about my six-year-old, my six-year-old special needs who on the weekend, and it's completely unrelated, but it's, it's all about suffering, right? And so on the week. 
weekend she fell over on a scooter and she's she's got a band-aid on her knee and I needed to change the band-aid it's a fact of life we need to change the change the band-aid and she carried on like a pork chop for about an hour with you know what it's going to hurt and I don't want to do it da, da, da. and then finally I had to take responsibility as the parent and go you know what enough's enough and I I said to my other daughter hold her hand and I ripped it off and it was done how many of us are not doing what needs to be done right? We have all of this carry on. We have all of this anger and we're ships in the night and we yell at each other and we have all this dysfunction in our intimacy, our connection, our relationships, which influences everybody around us. Sometimes we just don't have the guts, do we, to actually do what needs to be done, which is just rip the damn thing off, right? We'd rather sit. So this comes back to what you were just saying, Kim, which is it's all around suffering. How much suffering are you willing to do? Now, sometimes it's easy for us to to be so stuck in it that we lose that objectivity. Now, I'm talking about it now with a child, right? I can see it obviously for what it was. But so many men and women that come to us, Kim, they can't see the dysfunction. You know, when you say rip the Band-Aid off, Nicole, I'm assuming you're talking about get some help. Yeah. Do something to fix the problems. I'm surprised how many couples are struggling and we get one of the spouses who comes in to get some help. And says, my spouse refuses, my partner absolutely refuses to talk to anybody about it. And I I really feel like for a lot of people, they think it's such a sign of weakness that it, it, it really triggers their fear of not being good enough so much that they would rather sit and be miserable for decades than they would admit that they need help. Don't you agree with me that that asking for help is a sign of strength? Completely. The amount of marriages that we've seen unfortunately resolve or dissolve because there was no resolve because one person wouldn't show up and get help. Now, there's lots of ways to get help. And the first one is, is to take responsibility for your suffering. And that doesn't even involve someone else, right? Or going out and reading a new book or going and seeing a therapist or a counselor or a coach. Uh, So many times that other person just sits there and says, well, you know what? I'm gridlocked here. Right. And I don't want to leave and I don't want to be in a position where this relationship ends. But if neither of us are willing to even look at it, that's where we get gridlocked. And and you're correct. This is a fear issue. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. So, Nicole, we've got a couple questions that we recommend couples ask themselves when when there is an issue in your marriage. You want to make sure that you're seeing this accurately as your classroom. Because that perspective will completely change everything. So the first question we encourage everybody to ask is, what could this conflict experience be here to teach me? How am I supposed to become better, stronger, wiser, or more loving because this conflict situation is here in my marriage? How is it my perfect lesson? And as soon as you start looking at it from that angle, it looks different. You don't take things as personally and you see them as actually serving you, not just here to drive you crazy. The other thing is, is that if you make a decision to be the cure to your partner's fear, right? If you make that conscious decision to make them feel so secure that they're not broken, they don't need to suffer anymore. So we talk about this principle a lot, Kim. I think you do a great job to explain it. So what do you mean exactly about being the cure to to your partner's fear. Okay, so Nicole, this is like the crux of this whole show today. If you learn how to be the cure, not the cause of their fear, you will have a fantastic marriage and someone will be wildly in love with you. And if you're familiar with 12 Shapes Relationship System, you know that there's two core fears that are 
the problem in every relationship, the fear of failure and the fear of loss, which is the fear of mistreatment or, or being taken from. And the first thing you've got to do is figure out which one of those or maybe both are in play with your spouse. So based on their shape, that can tell you a lot about what fear is in play, right? Maybe real quick, you could mention a couple of the shapes that have especially fear of failure issues. So fear of failure can be really big for circles, really big for arrows, really big for for diamonds, for hearts. Uh, you know, I think on some level, all of us feel that, but they're the ones who are particularly strong around fear of failure. Okay. So if you recognize that your spouse or partner has a lot of fear of failure and that a lot of their bad relationship behavior is really coming from that fear, then your number one job is how do I make them feel safe and good enough as much as possible every day? How do I show up with a lot of validation and making sure I point out all the good things that they do? all the good qualities that I I validate them on the level that they care about. We talk a lot about as arrows, you and I, we're doers. We care about tasks. And so when our partners validate us about all the stuff we get done and what hard workers we are, oh, it feels so good. It, It begins to not only quiet our fear, but it makes us absolutely crazy about them because they're telling us the very things we need most to hear. So if you don't know what you value the most yet because you haven't taken the 12-shape relationship system uh, quiz on our website, you're going to want to go to 12shapes.com. That's 12shapes.com. Or you're going to want to text 12shapes to 801-666-2932. Now, when you find out what shape you are and what shape your partner is, it's an absolute game changer based on you understand what they value. You know how to give compliments. You know how to validate and make them feel important. It's a con- it's a complete game changer. So uh, the other op- there's a lot of shapes that have more fear of loss than fear of failure. Same thing. Anybody suffering with fear of loss needs a lot of reassurance that everything's going to be okay. And this really is a game changer. We're going to have to get into it a little bit more after the break because it's such a game changer when you become the cure to your spouse's fear. Absolutely. Stay with us here today on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim, and we'll do more after the break. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on the level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. 
However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call Now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio. You're here with Nicole and Kim, and we're giving you all of the answers to improve and strengthen your connection and intimacy in your most valued relationships today, Kim. Now, before the break, we were getting into how to be the cure to your partner's fear. Now, this is the crux of today's show. Let's spend some more time on that. So, Nicole, one of the, the most important elements in intimacy, and I know you and I talk about this a lot, is trust. And I think, I don't know if it's as as important for men as it is women. It's such a big deal for women that if I don't feel safe with you, there's no way I can go there. And I won't, and if I do go there, it won't have the connection that I think a partner is after. I have to feel safe in order to be willing to be that vulnerable in intimacy. Now, we're not talking about safe as in, you know, my physical safety. That That's a given, right? We're talking about emotional safety, which is... Do you love me the way I am? Or are you constantly looking at me wishing I was different? So what feedback have I received from you today about the way that I keep house or what I did with our children, right? Or how it is that I went and performed at work or if I let you down? What kind of feedback have I received from you in the last 24 hours? Because that's going to absolutely indicate whether I'm going to be okay with this or not. Right. So safety is emotional and psychological. It, it's not just a physical thing. So I've written many articles, Nicole, where I have told, I, I believe there's four things your spouse wants from you more than anything else. And they are to be appreciated, admired, respected, and wanted. And, and really, that's a huge amount of validation. I mean, you've got to think that I am the most amazing person on the planet. And sure, I have faults. We both do. But I've got to know that my partner sees the goodness in me is way bigger than those faults and that I'm getting enough validation that I feel so safe with them. I know they have my back no matter what. And if we have that kind of a bond, if they're the cure to my fear at that level, it's magic. Wouldn't you agree? So there's going to be people listening to this going, that just sounds like a whole bunch of hard work. 
right? Because that's a lot of levels for you to consciously show up for your partner. Now, it, it comes down to, are you willing to do the work, right? And this is the place that a lot of the couples come to us, which is, you know what? So much water's gone underneath the bridge. It's so broken. It's so damaged. We don't believe that. We don't believe that anybody or any relationship is truly broken, but it does come down to what effort and exertion you're going to put in. Now, you've just listed that for us today, those four different levels. So, how do we do that? How do we consciously show up? And I believe in the five to one rule, which is my same rule of thumb for parenting, which is deliver five levels of positive feedback to one level of correction, right? We have to have that balance, right? Where we're building up more than tearing down. So by level, you you mean every, I've got to give them five validating comments, right? For every one critical or, or negative comment. That's right. So if you've just come and told me, you know what, you didn't cook really well today or, you know what, you forgot my dry cleaning, that's a dock against my score in my mind. So there's five different levels now that you have to show up for me of validation in order for me to feel safe with you. Now, this is not a guarantee, right? Every person's going to be different. But this rule of thumb, if you're working on that, it will change everything. And there's so many ways that we can do that. A bunch of flowers, Okay, a sleep in on a weekend when you've got young children. Um, Texts, we can use the technology that we have, a phone call, a thoughtful card in the mail. There are so many ways in which we can show appreciation. And women, we have to do this too, right? So one of my favorite pieces of advice um, for a arrow and a, um, a heart marriage has been, and if you're a heart, sorry, an arrow and a circle marriage is that, that arrows and it, all of the shapes on the task line, to be honest, they're all about doing, right? So the, the husband comes home and she's saying, well, yeah, what have you done all day? Because you know what? I've got four kids and I've tried to bath the dog and I still have to make this science experiment and dinner's not ready. And the, the poor circle who's come in who just wants to be connected to his wife and he's had to go and fight all of his fears all day in the workplace comes in right? And gets told, well, take a number, mate, because you know what? I'm too busy for you. That's so much this, the scenario between the arrow and the circle marriage. Now, this is great advice to everybody, but specifically for them, put the knife down, stop cutting the carrots. When you hear the garage door lift, walk out and give him a hug and say, thank you for everything that you've done today. It's a little crazy in there, but you know what? I just want you to know that we're just going to get through, get the kids to bed. And then, yeah, I want to hear all about your day right? That piece of validation will completely change what that spouse will do when he walks through the door. And just as equally, as soon as that that circle has received that validation, that man, get on the end of something, right? Go and wash the dog or supervise homework or vacuum the floor. Get on the end of something and help her get through that list of tasks until finally it is your time. So, Nicole, one of the, the absolute pieces of magic in the 12 shapes relationship system is when you understand your partner's shape, you understand them and how they're wired and what they care about and what they fear. And you can stop expecting them to be like you. And this is another one that we hear a lot. And I'm going to use your same example. A circle may say, what is wrong with you that you're not more affectionate, that your first thought isn't just to be to want to hold each other? Well, she's not wired like you. She's an arrow. She's way more focused on all the things she's got to get done. And it doesn't make her wrong or less than you. We're all just different. And we've got to recognize what shape our spouse is, our partner, so that we can allow them to be them and validate them for who they are and not be disappointed or frustrated that they aren't like us. 
So we've received a lot of um, emails, Kim, that is this just another personality survey? Is this like the color code or is this like the disc? It's not. It's a behavioral assessment. And we know even when we're trying to be our absolute best, our behavior can let us down. And this is where the magic of the 12 shape system has come to say, you know what, that's my bad behavior. That's my good behavior. Then I understand that in my partner. So I, I read that behavior better and I have more clarity around that. And this is such an important part of being able to be the cure to your partner's fear. Okay, so that's our first big tip of this show is to become the the cure to your partner's fear and understand their shape so that you can show up in the way they need. Um, the next one, if you really want to increase or improve the connection with your spouse, would be to become someone that your spouse does admire and look up to. And and the bottom line is, if you want to be adored and, and admired and wanted and respected, you've got to behave at your best. So pick up the socks and put <laughs> and put the, the dirty clothes in the dirty clothes basket. And you know what? Stick to the budget that you both have decided on. I mean, those little things show respect and that you're honoring the relationship. Yeah, be responsible for your responsibilities, right? Don't drop the ball. Really. Whenever we get a couple that comes to us for for help, they think they're going to come together as a couple. And they're usually very surprised when we tell them that you're not allowed to come together. Each have to come by yourself. We do that because your job in your marriage is not to fix your spouse. It's to fix you. And you have to focus 100% on becoming a better version of you if you want that relationship to improve. So can you be really raw and vulnerable and write a list of all the things that you wish you did better? Because you know what? That's a great list to start. And if you don't want to hear that from your spouse, be accountable for yourself, right? So I can always do better not cooking, you know, cooking more meals and not burning them, right? Always, which means close your laptop, Nicole, and stop trying to do too many things at once and actually focus on the task at hand. Now I have to be accountable for that. Right. And because there are lots of different ways in a relationship that you can show love and affection. One of them, you know, make the bed in the morning. Right. It, it, these little simple things. It is absolutely amazing how these little show, you know, um, actions and behaviors of generosity show that it's not all about you that you actually notice the other person's there and you're trying to help out. So if you're really blind to what your bad relationship behavior might look like, the things you need to work on, get on the 12 Shapes website and look at the unbalanced behavior for your shape because we've got it listed out right there and and it's it's bloody accurate. <laughs> it really is. It's super accurate. The next one is be more generous and giving. Now, do you truly notice all of the things that your partner does every single day? Do you know what goes on in his or her world? Do you have any idea the battle that they're fighting on the inside? Or are you so obsessed with you and not having your needs met and constantly having that to-do list that you're demanding from them that you really don't even know where they are? Now, this is a pattern I've seen so much with the couples that, that we've worked with is that they're so in them and their pain that they have no idea what's going on next to them. Well, they both come in the office and they both say, well, I'm not getting this and he, they're not doing this for me and me, me, me. I'm not getting what I need in this relationship. And it's fairly obvious what the problem is. When we're both worried about what we're not getting, no one is giving anything. 
and there's more space that's created that more of that disconnection, more of that hopelessness and despair. So consciously show up and observe what's going on for the other person and then take action. So make a conscious decision to validate, compliment, be generous and giving with your time, with your money, with your energy, right? And say, you know what? I've got it tonight. You you look really had it from today. Go to bed early. I've got the kids, right? That simple little act of generosity and not that's not being calculated that's not keeping score goes so far it also can't have any strings attached I can't tell you how many times I've heard a woman say well he comes home and he says babe go have a bath go have a bubble bath I'll take care of things but she knows there's strings attached to that that he's going to be expecting later and you've got to recognize that's not real giving that's still about you. So it's got to be sincerely for them. And and I'm not talking about just the husbands. I'm talking about both ways. If we were focused every day on how do I make sure my spouse feels adored and cherished and wanted, and and that is my goal for today, and you both are doing that, you both have your needs met. You will. Amazingly. Amazingly. Yeah. But we have to get out of that resentment first. And so the question really is, how much are you suffering in this relationship and what are you willing to change? Because there's no point in enrolling a third party if you're not willing to do the effort. And so sometimes we have to sit with that and say, you know what, how much do I really love that person? Am I willing to do the work to do that unconditional generosity, that unconditional kindness? Am I willing to consciously give even when I don't receive? And, and sometimes you might go, you know what, yep, I have it in the tank and other times you won't. It's up to you to know what it is that you are willing to do, but don't be unrealistic about then the outcomes of that. You have to give in order to receive. Wow. Okay, so I want to hit on forgiveness one more time. I, I'm such a big believer, Nicole, that forgiveness is one of the biggest lessons that we're on the planet to learn. And the main place we're going to learn it is in those intimate relationships. And it's so hard for all of us. We, we have so much loss that we function in all the time that we're really quick to see mistreatment and, and that we hold on to it. And I think a lot of it comes down to this belief that we talked about in our Human Behavior 101 class, that we have all got this fear of failure that's in play. And one of the ways that we cope with that fear is by looking for fault in others. And if we can see enough fault in them, we literally cast them as the bad guy, which makes us think that we're the good one, right? We're always trying to make a villain, right? As long as it's not me. As long as it's not you that's the villain. But what we believe will change your life more than almost anything you can do is to decide to take human value off the table and and believe that all human beings have the exact same value, which means you and your spouse, there is no villain. There's not good one and a bad one. There's not better or worse. We all have the exact same value. And and this helps me with forgiveness a ton because I'm committed to choosing to let my spouse have the same value as me no matter what he does. And in giving that to him, at the end of the day, I'm going to also know that I'm good enough because I'm giving power to the idea that we're all good enough. Your other option is to stay in judgment all the time of your spouse, but you'll also always feel like you're not enough too. 
So this takes us to another point, Kim, in, in that we really need to become independently bulletproof in our relationships. We have to be so secure in our own self-worth and our own self-esteem. And one of the things that I like to get my clients to do is to list out all of the things that you were struggling with about yourself. You know what? I, I didn't lose the baby weight. I wish that um, you know, I had more time for myself. I wish that I was a kinder mother. I wish that I had more patience, all of those qualities. And then reach out and say, well, what do you think the battle is going on in, in your partner's head? What do you think of the things that he or she is actually battling out? And you know what? He wishes that he could earn more money or he wishes that he could have more time off or more time time for himself that wishes that she she was more tolerant with teenagers whatever is going on make a list because these then become the places in which you can give these get out of jail free cards this forgiveness piece right because you can say you know what i have all of this stuff going on for me and he has he or she has all of that going on for them none of us are perfect right so this unrealistic expectation can be broken down and it helps me to see them as the same value what you were just saying there because when I try to make myself better than my partner and say it's all his fault, that makes me feel superior in some way, right? I'm in a place of judgment. Whereas when I can actually physically list down and go, you know, I know he's struggling with this and I know that he's tired and he's overworked and he's feeling undervalued and there's stress at work, all this stuff, it helps me to quantify and remember the battle that's going on. And in order to become truly bulletproof in our relationships, I have to take responsibility for my list and I've got to love him for his list. That's the forgiveness we're talking about. Wow, that could make such a big difference in our relationships if we can live that way. I I know we have done some interesting shows and articles about forgiveness specifically. We've got a radio show already that was totally on forgiveness. If this is an issue that you struggle with, we strongly encourage you to go listen to that show, access the worksheets and, and resources on our website. I really think it's the number one thing you could do to improve your relationship. If you could get to a place of forgiveness for not only your spouse, but also for yourself to see both of you as good enough, a lot of that resentment will fall away and that connection will come back. And as you're saying that, it's the, sh- the shapes that are s- the crosses, the squares, the rectangles, the octagons and the rhombuses. They're the ones that struggle the most with that that resentment and not being able to let that go that that forgiveness piece is difficult for them so if that is you and you know that that's your shape we do encourage you to go back and listen to those shows and and own the fact that you know what that's a piece that I really need to work on right it's it's difficult for me so our last tip was about communication skills and it's funny how many people come to us thinking this is the whole ball game is they need communication help and it is usually true that we could improve our communication skills but we believe it's first a fear problem. It's a resentment problem. And and what happens every time they try to communicate is they trigger each other's fear. So if you're first working on being the cure to their fear, then learning some communication skills. And again, we've got some great resources out there. Our communication formula is the most simple, easy, and, and if you follow it in every conversation you have with your partner, it's going to go well. And that resource is on our worksheets page on 12shapes.com. Yeah. Hey, we have to take another break again. We never seem to have enough time. But I want to talk about shame after the break, Kim, and specifically shame in connection to sex and intimacy, because this is another theme that we receive so many um, clients helping, you know, wanting help with this. So stay with us here on Relationship Radio. You're with Nicole and Kim. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call nowcfo at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're here on Relationship Radio with Kim and Nicole today, and we are talking about intimacy and connection in relationships. Before we jump back into our topic, Nicole, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Now CFO. And if you have a business, large or small, and you need more accounting help, maybe you're not sure if you're really ready to hire a CFO or, or your staff isn't quite got the books together. That's the situation we were in because we were the staff and our books were a mess. Now CFO will come in and, and you'll only pay for the hours you use. And they are amazing. They got our books completely shaped up. And we've been doing great ever since. And we can't speak highly enough about our friends at Now CFO. So check them out at nowcfo.com. Absolutely. 
Okay, let's talk about shame because shame is a really big part of intimacy and sex. It's a really, really big part because if we don't feel safe or we have these subconscious or conscious belief patterns around sex and intimacy, it's going to show up. Right. And we, we said earlier on the show that, that your sex life is really a barometer of the health of your relationship. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of listeners going, oh, my goodness. Right. And we work with men and women who say, you know, I feel like this part of me is broken. I can't get it together. I feel like um, it's just never really worked for me. I try, but there's I just obviously don't understand it. And th- I mean, that's a very vulnerable place to go. We, we work with this a lot, Kim. We do. And so let's talk about some of the reasons that we feel a little broken around intimacy. I know I hear this from a lot of women that as a girl, they were very blatantly taught to have shame around anything about the idea of sexuality. And, and, you know, there's all that, the idea of, well, if you're, if you are in touch with your sexuality, you're slutty, it's dirty, it's bad, promiscuous. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden as an adult, they're supposed to be able to flip a switch and feel comfortable with themselves in, in their sexuality. And it's not really realistic that that can happen that fast. It also brings in a massive self-worth piece, um, self-esteem around body image, right? So many men as well as women struggle with how they look naked, right? And so if that is your partner, if that is your spouse, if that's you, there has to be some awareness around that, that both of you don't just ignore that and or therefore place those expectations on top of that. You know, talk about the elephant in the room and I love you the way you are and, and, you know, you're beautiful to me, all that kind of thing. Because when those things are unspoken about, they become the big elephant in the room that creates all this space. So, Nicole, the other thing I think we have to mention is that one in five girls and one in 20 boys will have been the victim of some form of sexual abuse as a child. And these experiences can greatly impact the subconscious mindset that we have around sex. And and often we don't know this about a partner. It's not something that they talk about. But once we get involved, we realize there's some issues that may have their roots here. And if, if this is in play in your relationship, we strongly encourage you to seek out some professional help to really deal with those issues because until they're resolved, it's going to be in the way. The other part around that, whether there has been sexual trauma or not, is that there has to be dialogue around what it is that you both expect, what is it that you both like, what is it that you both want. And so many times there's no dialogue around that intimacy at all. There's just all this mismet expectation and there's, there's all of this resentment mindset. So are you actually nurturing the conversations around sex, let alone the sexual activity, right? Now, to do that, that's a pretty scary place to be, right? That requires an incredibly, incredibly high level of trust and vulnerability. But if you are not consciously talking about that and it's not a healthy part that you both feel comfortable with, that's a red flag, right? So it's not going to work in the bedroom and everywhere else when you can't even talk about it over coffee. So that's a good place to start, Kim, for those people who say, you know what, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not ready. I know I've got baggage. Well, can you be vulnerable enough and ask, um, you know, for, for your partner or spouse to say, you know what, would you just hold the space for me while I, I share this really intimate and really difficult thing? And sometimes it's, it's difficult to have those conversations face to face. I often encourage our clients, you know what, sit back to back so you don't have to look at each other, but but hold each other's hands as two chairs are actually back to sitting back to back 
and just talk about the things that you wish were in your intimate connection in that sex life and the things that you struggle with and the things that you wish would would change because that vulnerability is really critical to things being able to actually change behaviorally. Now, Nicole, you've had uh, some education as a sex therapist before, and, and so you're very knowledgeable around this particular issue. Can you talk a little bit about the effect of pornography in those intimate relationships? I'm so pleased you went there. Um, pornography is the reality of the times that we live in. It's like social media. Unfortunately, um, the statistics at this point in 2018 is, is that if you've not had a, a conversation with your child around pornography that chances are they have had exposure to it by the age of eight isn't that terrifying so here we are we're talking about not having pornography in marriage potentially right or intimate relationships yet it's being it, it's around us we have to talk about this fact so pornography is is damaging for a few different reasons the first one i want to go to is that it creates unrealistic expectations around what the body can and is willing to do <laughs> it's it's a drama a drama it's a theatrical performance right so you wouldn't expect you to be able to you know recover from a gun wound that you saw in a movie right but they seem to bounce back right they bleed out but they survive right if that happened in normal life, you wouldn't have that expectation. It's the same thing around pornography. Now, people think that pornography is a male-dominant issue. It's not. It's equally men and female. And what it does is it creates an unrealistic expectation of what love is, what connection is, and what people are actually comfortable with. So when we're talking about pornography, we're not saying it's right or wrong. It's not for us to hold that judgment. But it's definitely a conversation that needs to be within that intimate relationship about what you are comfortable with and also make sure that you understand the level of exposure your partner's had. So therefore, what are their expectations around sex? Wow. It is a, it's a touchy subject. And I know a lot of couples just aren't comfortable talking about it. Um, again, if you become the cure to their core fear and you really create a safer space in your relationship where they feel accepted first, hopefully that'll impact that comfort level. So you'll be able to really talk about these issues. The second issue with pornography is that it creates distance between your partner and the actual intimacy of and then the activity of sex is that if it's just an act of of getting that arousal there's not a love and a connection it doesn't actually matter who it is who's actually providing that arousal so therefore there's that disconnection and on the back of that is breakdown of trust if somebody's doing it secretly and that trust is very difficult to be earned back and to be broken and then there's a lot of vulnerability about why that partner, male or female, actually needs to have external stimulation outside of their partner. So that can feed into all of those fears of, you know, that that I'm not good enough and what's wrong with me and why do you need to leave, you know, the relationship to be getting that kind of exposure. So it's a complicated issue and it's, it's something that I've learned that without a third party actually mapping out a recovery plan, um, there is not a lot of resolution within these relationships. So if you know pornography is an issue in your relationship, um, one or both sides, we do encourage you to, to reach out to a third party who has some extensive training to actually map out a, a recovery plan because that vicious circle can be so damaging and create all kinds of issues within the health of that relationship that's outside of the bedroom. So, Nicole, we also hear from a lot of couples 
that there's so much stress and performance anxiety involved in their intimate relationship that it becomes just a really fear-driven experience instead of a love and connection-driven one. What else can people do to to get that stress and performance anxiety out of the way? Again, if you've had clear expectations and discussion about what sex is, if sex is about connection, it's about touch, and it's not about the outcome, that completely changes it. Because both men and women have performance anxiety. We can't be the same all the time, right? And you don't know necessarily where they are hormonally. You don't know where, I mean, that, that's a very big factor. The other thing is, is that women, when they're breastfeeding, women, when they're pregnant, when they're recovering from birth, there's a lot of stages of life that can impact the sexual relationship. So where, where are you both with your intimacy right now? You know what? I'm just in a place where I'm wanting you. I'm not wanting anyone else, but I just don't have it in me tonight, babe. You know what? That's fine, but you can connect to me sexually without it needing to have an outcome. And I think if we discuss in a healthy way the, the expectations around what connection and intimacy is and get that almost that ejaculatory thing off the table, that's not actually what sex is about. But pornography and other, you know, things makes us think that that's what sex is about. It's not about that. It's about connection. It's about touch. So there's lots of ways that people can actually be connected and be together without it needing to have all this performance anxiety. So there's this little undercurrent of a theme I'm hearing in our show today about expectations. When we have expectations in intimacy or expectations just in life of our spouse and how they should act and how the, the relationship should look, any of those expectations set us up for resentment and disappointment and, and to have that connection broken in the relationship. So how do we go in every day letting go of all expectations and and just showing up to give without any expectation of the outcome? Do you have any other ideas about how what we make that look like? So one of the pieces of advice that I've given couples over the years is to actually break down your relationship into what your needs are and what your wants are and what your desires are. So your needs are what do I need every day to, to be functional, right? What do I need? I need your unconditional support. I need to know that you've got my back. I need your help with the kids. I need you to be a financially contributor. They're kind of our, my needs. The wants is, you know what? I'd really love you to do some personal development. I would love for us to have some date nights. I'd love for us to have healthy discussion around what it is that we want for our relationship in our future. I want us to be aligned in our values, the way we're parenting our kids, our desires are then on the top of those things. I just want you to know about me that, you know what, I really want to, you know, climb the the Sydney Harbour Bridge, right? It's on my bucket list. Or, you know what, I really want to um, have a weekend away, um, you know, for my 40th birthday with all of my girlfriends, right? So if we break down our expectations into those three things and we're super clear about mapping those out, if I'm in the doghouse, so to speak, and things aren't going well, I'm going to come back to what is what has she communicated to me? What has he communicated to me that what his his jet set needs are? Because that's where my first place I'm going to try and fill her bucket or his bucket. And then I'm going to work always towards what her wants are. And then I'm going to work on her desires as well. It's a beautiful way to actually show up for each other. But And, and more importantly, there's some beautiful discussion around actually setting those things up. So, Nicole, one other way that we teach people to let go of expectations has to do with what we talked about at the beginning of the show about seeing your marriage and your life, your relationships as your perfect classroom. And 
if you choose that perspective, then you have the option of seeing whatever outcome you get as perfect for that evening, for that day, whatever's happening in your relationship at this time of life. It's your perfect classroom journey to be there and have it look the way it does. And as soon as we stop resisting it and being bent out of shape that it doesn't look the way we wanted it to, but that this is perfect for some reason, both of us are experiencing growth because of it looking this way. We suffer so much less. The growth's an important part, though, because so many people, when we ask them to adjust this perspective, they stay stuck. The only way that this perspective will work for you is if you are committed to the growth. And so in what is exactly in your, your life right now that you don't like, that you feel all of this mistreatment or this this broken trust, that you know, whatever the story is, what in what way could this strengthen you and in what way could you take responsibility to actually make it grow you, right? Because if you're not willing to do that, you will stay stuck and miserable. Wow. Okay, one last one we've got to fit in here. The, the most asked question we get is, I'm more interested in intimacy than my partner. My partner seems to not be. And what we often see is this vicious cycle created where one spouse is always asking for it and, and, and being rejected by the other. And there becomes this resentment and this pressure. And it really creates a fear cycle in, in intimacy. So we've got a couple suggestions for people that find themselves in that situation. One of which is to make it the partner who is less interested in lots of intimacy to make it their job to be the initiator. And we've talked so much today about showing up as a giver. And this is really what we're asking this person to do is is to be a giver and initiate intimacy so that your spouse does feel wanted all the time and and it that really tends to change the dynamic could you speak a little bit to that yeah the important thing is is that if that rejection cycle goes on it can be very damaging so when both of you are taking the responsibility for what each of you want and need and this is why that conversation is needed then both of you can take action on that so there's lots of ways that we can give to our partner to our spouse without it needing to be sexual right so maybe you do have a lower libido or you have less interest or you you know you you're busy with children or your head's busy with work whatever it is there are still ways you can show up right? And touch is actually what it's about. It's not just about sex. So discuss it together. Come up with some creative ideas. You know what? Let's watch a movie and let me rub your feet tonight, right? And that's me giving to you. And But it doesn't actually have to involve libido and everything else. Wow. So Nicole, you've also, you've given, I know you've given me some really good suggestions of other ways to make intimacy more fun all day, every day. Could you speak to that really quick in our last two minutes of the show? Yeah, so there's lots of ways to show up. So, you know, there's there's sexting, right? So jump and it doesn't have to be dirty. And you might think, goodness me, no, it's not. I've never done it. It's just, you know what? I can't wait to see you tonight. It's just that simple. It's just making them know that they want it. It doesn't have to be dirty. It doesn't have to involve sex. But intimacy and connection can be something that actually really can build throughout the day. So something such as I really love you wearing that outfit right? You look so beautiful to me or your eyes sparkle when you wear those glasses, whatever it is, there are so many ways in which we can show up and give validation that is about us acknowledging that, you know what, you're the one in the room that I want. Wow. I I can just 
see already how happy some partners would be if their spouse would sort of play that game. And let's let's spend the whole day talking about how much we want each other. And I mean, that that makes it it makes it fun, it which is what it should be. And we do have to be creative because, you know what, when you have one partner for the rest of your life, you do have to look outside the box. So if you're listening to this going, goodness me, I really need to get some more solutions, do reach out to us. Um, you can contact us at 12shapes.com. We don't have any more time in today's show. I almost feel like we need to do some more um, around this intimacy and, and connection. But hopefully today we've given you heaps of action to actually take. So uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for being with us with Nicole and Kim on Relationship Radio. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but we'll join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.